When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into an inst- another instant reaction for the Patriots. This one, a victory instant reaction. And Matt, it just, it feels so good to beat the Bills, man. It fe- I mean, it feels good to win, but it feels even better to beat the Bills. Every time. And it's, especially with the way some of the games have gone down, um, the mix of beatdowns and really tragic losses, <laughs> it's just nice to get over this hump. And I know... Yeah. We can talk about the big picture of this season at some point in here, but this was just a good game. Like it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It was fun from start to finish. The Pats played well. You got your big plays. You get your comeback drive. Like this is everything we were hoping for, I think, from this team. And um, even if it's just one Sunday, I'm glad we got to see it. <laughs> this was a Tom Brady dynasty era win. Listen, this yeah. is not a Tom Brady dynasty era team. This was a Tom Brady dynasty era win where you went back and forth. You let the the Bills back into it. They made a really nice play. You turn the ball over. They score to go up, right? You don't get the two-point conversion. They do get the two-point conversion. You're down by three, and you drive and, you know, and and somehow find a way to win it at the end of the game. It's just just an absolutely awesome, awesome game. And this this felt like a real get the monkey off your back type of game. I don't know if it's going to play out that way when it comes to performance for the rest of the season, but the Bills have kind of been the big enemy here since Brady left. You're only but the only win in there is the win game since Brady yes. left, and getting over the hump there was good. Get your first home win, first win with the new scoreboard and fancy upgrades and all stuff in the stadium. It's a Light nice baby. Yeah, you check that one off. Yep. Uh, it's the best quarterback that Mac Jones has beaten here in a game where everybody's throwing the ball we're not in a wind fest you get the um overcome there's the late comeback drive but first overcoming the turnover i think is huge mentally for this team that's something they've come close to and haven't been able Mm -hmm. to do and i think actually getting over the hump on that one was good um you get the comeback drive max second in his career which was awesome in a drive where they looked really good. And, you know, the, the flags, they, they pick up the flag, which was the right, the right call to pick up that flag. It was very close. But just, you know, it felt like, oh, here we go again. And nope, it's all right. It's not going against What you. was that even going to be a call about? A legal man downfield on David Andrews. It was close. He was about a yard and a half downfield when Mac threw the ball. And they don't call it until you get to two. So it was, it was the right call to pick it up, but in live time, very easy to see why they actually threw the flag out there because it was bang, bang. The other um, one, <clears throat> sorry, the one they called illegal man downfield, I didn't think he was downfield. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think he was downfield I at didn't, all. They didn't, I don't think they gave us a good replay on it, so I'm not sure. But 
Um, I don't know, overcoming a lot in this game to get this kind of win. Um, and also, I think when you when we talk about the story of this game, I think the big lead up ha- it kind of starts yesterday before the game when you yep. get the social media post. Oh, we're bringing back the silver pants for the game. That gets people a little excited. And then this morning, you get the reports about Bill's contract and he'd gotten a contract extension. It's like, all right. There's a whole new context for the season and for what's going on with this team right now and how ownership views it. Um, And then the team played loose. That was also so nice to see. Like they just, the energy was there. Guys were playing together. The crowd's feeding off of it. And that's way easier when you're ahead. But it was, you know, it's nice to actually see that happen for once this season. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And one thing I got to mention real quick is that uh, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, of course. Mm the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. You got to go to fanduel.com slash Boston and you can sign up. Look, I mean, it was it was awesome. And it's, to me, offensively, everything revolves around the offensive line. It all starts up front. It all starts on the offensive line. Wednesday, they went to Mike Onwenu and they said, Mike, how do you feel about playing right tackle? He said he'd be open to it. They put him at right tackle. What that allowed them to do, you put him at uh, you put him at right tackle. You slide City So into into right guard, and now you have Cole Strange at left guard, David Andrews at center, and Trent Brown at left at left tackle. And that is by far, by far, the best offensive line they've had so far this year. And you saw it; it was all over the field today. They looked fantastic. And like you said, by the way, the silver pants, to please, for the love of God, don't ever wear those stupid blue on blue. I, I can't stand the stupid Just colors. Do, do, do the do, silver at home, like silver with the blue jerseys, blue with the white jerseys. It worked. It's worked for the right. last two decades here. Keep it. And uh, if you want to do one or two blue on blue games a year, I think that's fine. Like, if, you know, you got Monday night against the Chiefs. Go blue on blue for that if you want. But um, no, it's just, it was one of those. I, I kind of have – I don't know if it's actually how it's gone, but I have this, like, pet theory in my head that Kraft waited until that Monday night game last year against the Bears to bring back the silver pants because it's all eyes on New England and you're playing a bad team and it's all right. right. The dynasty era is back. We get to yeah. look like the dynasty era and play like it, and it doesn't work. And kind of bringing out that same mojo this time and having it work against the Bills, I don't look good, look good, feel good, play good, I guess. Um, what what and, I think is – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, everybody's clamoring them for them to stay, including Julian Edelman. And Miami's going white at home next week. They got, they're got they wearing their throwbacks next week. So I'm going to be shocked if we don't see the silver pants travel down to South Beach to, I hope, uh, I hope for that one. Yeah. A little blue over gray. Yeah, you know, I just think – I think it looks it looks so much better. It just does. It looks so much better. And so, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I just think it's it looks a million times better. So – and look – I thought the offense. I thought the offense played extremely well. I really do. I mean, they just, man, it was it was so good. Um, it was. So I, good. I had, I had tweeted before the game too that like I thought we might see a little bit more juice today because it's by combination it's the best offensive line that you had seen all season because Cole Strange is your best left guard and Michael when he was better than anybody we'd seen at right tackle. And City So at right guard was better than Moffey has been at left guard. 
Yep. So it's like, all right, you put it all together, and Trent Brown's playing, and it's all right, this is the best line we've seen for a game. In theory, you fix the left guard and right tackle issues with one foul swoop there. It's also Demario Douglas back from his concussion, and Tyquan Thornton is back, and Devontae Parker we knew is not going to be playing as much. So you're going to have more speed on the field on offense, and it was all right. More speed, more quickness, more man-beating receivers on the field with an offensive line should be the best we've seen all season. If they weren't going to get anything out of this group, then, I mean, it's really a lost cause for who's even going to be in this group for next year. And having those guys play well, I understand it's a it's a beat-up Bills defense, but, you know, they haven't looked like that against anybody all year long, and I will take it. And you get a Miami defense next week that's currently beat up, and Washington defense that has really struggled, and an Indy defense that has been really up and down the week after that. There's opportunities here for the offense to build on this. Yeah, and again, it just starts starts up front, and the, the offensive line looked good. If they can continue to look that way, I think they're going to be golden, really, moving forward. And so, you know, look, I thought it was really interesting. Skarnakia obviously gets inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he kept talking about it all starts this week. What about this week? Who knows, right? And And he made a great point, I thought. He was talking about Mac Jones, and he said, you know, four weeks ago, four weeks ago, would you have, would anyone have picked Zach Wilson over Mac Jones? Anyone. No one would have picked Zach Wilson over Mac Jones four weeks ago. And now, before this week, right, everyone would have picked Zach Wilson over Mac Jones, right? But it's like, well, that or, guy. Or at least that discussion's there. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the point is that guy is in there somewhere, right? And so we saw a lot of that today. And the big thing about it for me, the, the big thing about it for me is that he had time offensively. Devontae Parker, get that bum off the freaking field. Get that bum off the field. He's got 13 catches in he's got 13 catches in six games. Does nothing com- he had contribute one catch absolutely today. Nothing. He had one catch he's- for eight yards today. I'm, I think he. I think he's totally fine as a rotational player right now. It's like your wide receiver mm. four or five who you're going to use in spots, and then it's like, all right, then it's then the issues that you get with him aren't nearly as big of a deal, especially if you get Demario Douglas out there winning one on one battles and you can scheme stuff up. Parker's on the backside of plays, and it's like, all right, then if the thing on the front side doesn't work, maybe we'll come back to the backside and give Parker a look for something, but he's going to be later on in the progression or he's a matchup guy. You know, if, if he goes out there and, and they got a tiny corner on him and you want to throw a jump ball, you can go for it. But uh, no, I liked the way they mixed it up. I think he and Rager <laughs> both had one catch each, which yeah. does a lot. And Rager's not a very good receiver. So I, I think that worked. And just having Douglas, you could see there was a new purpose to like the motions on offense. They weren't motioning to motion. They were motioning to get Mario Douglas into good spots, to get Kendrick Bourne into good spots, to using right. it to read the defense, to get Hunter Henry into a good spot. And the other thing that opened up, the guy who I think had maybe somewhat quietly his best day of the season as a receiver, Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He was so good as a receiver, the best he's played all season. And, this is it's the trickle down effect. Once you have one guy who can beat the man coverages and you can set up your stuff with it, then that changes the way defenses play you and it helps things down later on in the offense and uh, yeah. made things look so much better today. Agreed. And I should have mentioned this before, but Lay Engine did ask. I was at the game today. I was yelling quite a bit. Uh, and so that's why the voice sounds terrible. 
Um, but you know, I, I just look for me personally, you're right. Like it, it's the speed offensively. And I think what you've seen is Zeke's played so well. He really has played so well. He might be the better of the two running backs through seven games in totality. And, but I think they kind of play off each other. Ramondre sees Zeke playing well. He starts playing better. And I just thought, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. And, and look, I think the, um, I think that the, uh, Pressure percentage, I think, was like 12.5%. It was not high. Like, there were some plays where he had time. And I know there was one – he had Kendrick Bourne over the middle for a play. Um, ended up being like a 30, 40-yard catch. But it was what, – what the play came down to the fact that Mac had time in the pocket. Zeke did a nice job mm-hmm. of picking up the blitz. He was able to step up into the pocket and make a good throw. And that's because he actually had a pocket. He hasn't had a pocket, right? I mean, like, Vidarian Lowe was getting killed over at right tackle, but then you didn't have guards, really, that could block well. Antonio you can't was step up was, into anything. And that's, that's the big thing. So that was a big change today. This was a this is a really bad game. If you're a Cole Strange hater, if you're a Cole Strange hater and you think Cole Strange sucks, today was not a good day for you. It was not a good day to be a Cole Strange hater. I thought he played extremely well. It was the difference between him and Antonio Mafi. I'm, it's pretty obvious that he's much better than Antonio Mafi, but yeah, he was very good. Yeah, he looked and he got some push, and I did think the running game got a little bit more inconsistent in the second half. I'm looking forward to getting into the tape and seeing what went on with that. Maybe that was a conditioning issue with Strange. Uh, hasn't played much this year. Hasn't practiced much this year. So uh, curious to see what's going on there. And uh, like, I don't, I don't think Mac was perfect. I think he made some bad plays, but the thing that was important was that he had enough time to get it to his receivers where the receivers could create good plays that would outweigh some of the negatives. Like, you give him time. I We've talked a lot about, like, issues with the Patriots receivers, but I think the one thing we kind of nailed going back to last offseason, we were both okay with getting rid of Jacoby Myers because we looked at what this offense needed, and we thought it needs somebody with juice in the slot because that is where Mac operates. And you got a guy with juice in the slot who can create after the catch, combined with a nice possession guy in Hunter Henry, and I'll give you a nice one-two punch that's going to make life easy for Mac. They finally got that guy into Mario Douglas, who really looked good. He looks like the real deal out there. And it just makes everything work so much smoother. You're not, nobody's complaining. Like, we haven't even mentioned in here the Kendrick Bourne fumble. Nobody's talking about that. Obviously, part of it's because you won, but also right. because he was making big plays in some of those where it's Kendrick Bourne's the third or fourth guy in the progression, but Mac has time to get to it. And it's a guy who isn't really covered because it's late in the down and he can dump it off to him and Bourne can create after the play. And, you know, and you can threaten down the field a little bit more you get the space underneath so then the receivers have more room after the catch and can make more plays happen and just the way it creates space in the offense was huge so we thought it was going to be juju in that role turns out it's demario douglas and he uh yeah and it's i mean we were talking about parker juju smith smith schuster was inactive today i'm going to be honest from what we saw there's no reason for him to be active unless he's again playing that wide receiver three wide receiver four wide receiver five role like if you're i think Bourne and douglas should not be coming off the field here unless it's you know run situations where you want a bigger body out there right agreed agreed so 
three comments I just want to I want to pull up. AJ, well, I'm not actually going to pull up one of them, but AJ's talking about Mac. Look, I I agree that Mac has been bad. We've talked about Mac being bad. He didn't really he had a little bit of time last week, not a lot more time than he had. I don't think he had more time than he had today. I think the blocking was significantly better today than it was last week. Mac's been bad. We've talked about that a million times. We've talked about that consistently. He looked good today. Did he look great today? No, but he looked good today. And he made it happen, you know, at the end of the game when he when needed it the most. There is a deadline question, which we'll get back to. But um, Dr. Bugold points something out, which I think we've talked about a lot of positives. A lot of positives. Poor tackling, man, today. Poor tackling. The tackling was really Oof. bad today. Lots of missed tackles. Lots of guys flying by guys. Lots of guys not making it. It just it wasn't great, and it needs to be better. If the Patriots... Um, if the Patriots are going to get good, that needs to get cleaned up because they have a very good defense. But yeah, and I happen. think I have a feeling it's probably mostly a one game aberration or maybe two. They they didn't tackle great against the Raiders either, but they've consistently been one of the best tackling defenses in the NFL. And um, my guess on this is it was a combination of a couple things. One, Jawan Bentley for as being as great of a player as he is, is not a linebacker you want in space. And the Bills did a good job of scheming up things to put him in space and put him in, in situations where he's going to have to make an open field tackle. And then, you know, you got Jack Jones and missing on a tackle and we knew he wasn't going to be an elite tackler from his college tape. He's just, you know, he's not that guy. Miles Bryant, who's, you know, a rotational guy and not the quickest against some of these Bills guys. And, the, the only missed tackle in there, there's two that really, really bothered me. J.C. Jackson, I don't hate the play that he made, but you got to finish it if you're going to play that game, and he didn't yep. finish it. Yep. The other one is Kyle Duggar. Um, I mean, dude might have just knocked a million dollars off his extension yeah. <laughs> coming up, whatever contracts he gets playing like that because he's he can be a really good tackler. But I think, you know, you, you get back to your fundamentals with some drills this week and hopefully come out next week tackling just just a, a little bit better especially against the miami offense you're going to need to yeah i agree i agree and, and i'll tell you what i thought jack jones in his first game back was a spark plug for the defense he had mm-hmm. i mean jack jones had some hard hits out there man he had some oh, really that. hard hits he yeah. played well he's a good corner out there i just think that you know i think he played well which is great and that's great to see and not only did you have Jack Jones out there playing well. You had John Jones back out there. And I thought, you know, other than the missed, the missed, uh, the missed tackle, like you talked about, I thought that, you know, uh, JC Jackson looked pretty good. I know he had some, a really ticky t- I mean, there were some really bad calls by the refs today. I thought some it was really horrendous officiating <laughs> across the league, too. It wasn't just yeah. this one game. There was, yeah, but it's yeah, just it was a bad week. You know, sitting there and watching the games, of the, I mean, first of all, the Jack Jones penalty was horrendous. That's one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Like, that's just, you can't. Is that the one early that. early in the game? Yeah, on the blitz where he uh, hit him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He hit him here, and, oh, and the, Josh sold uh, it. Yeah, rough in the past. I get, I get that Josh sold it, it but, like, it was, a, it was It was less selling and more of a flop because it was a it was yes. a shoulder-to-chest hit, and he throws his head back. And it's, right. that's one of the, like, we got to. We gotta rethink this whole rough in the pastures thing after this. Like we you gotta you can't have refs getting fooled by a head fake like that. This isn't Correct. the NBA. Well, and the Barmore one too. I understand you can't land on the guy. I get that, but like 
what is he supposed to do? He's getting blocked. And in the middle of getting blocked, he tackles the guy. It's just like, what are we talking about? You know, like how I understand, I understand the point of it. I get that, right? That you're, you don't want to pick him up and drive him into the ground. I, I totally get that. But landing on top of the guy, like, like what the hell are we doing it's, there, man? Yeah. And it's the right call because that's how the rule is written. It's right. just, and it's, and you know, the, we know the NFL is not going to change it because they want to protect the quarterbacks as much as possible. The thing that the NFL is most afraid of is star quarterbacks getting hurt. And especially after the NFC championship game last year and what happened yeah. with that game, they're yeah. going to do everything they can to make sure that never happens again. So are these rules going to change? No, we're just going to have to deal with it. Is it incredibly dumb and game changing for a completely arbitrary way? Yes. And this is going to be like, we got to find a way to at least officiate it better. Um, you can't have refs falling for head fakes like that. And these are the types of things where it's just like, if you had one official just watching the game on video, just w- like have a guy watch the TV copy and look at it and go, oh, that's not a penalty. Like that's, use a, a, a modicum of common sense here to what right. the fan experiences do. Because the fans see it on TV and you want the fans buying in. If fans are watching something on TV going, oh, wow, that was obviously not a penalty then you'd like to have a system in place to make sure Oh, it's, we can make sure it's not a penalty. Will right. that happen? I don't know. But um, that's what should happen if, if we were commissioner. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? And again, like, you land on top of the guy. I mean, how are you supposed to tackle him? And the other part of it, too, is that some of these guys, I understand, right? Kyler Murray, right? Bryce Young, let's say. Some of these guys are small guys. I get that. Josh Allen's like 270 pounds. You can't tackle him. You can't tackle yeah. him unless you hit him hard. And it's like, what do you want him to do? Like at a certain point, it's like he's he's a beast. There's no, there's nothing else you can do. You have to hit him hard to tackle him. And so you land on top of him because you have to get him to the ground. It's just like it's stupid. Yeah. And let me tell you, by the way, Josh Allen is so incredibly hard to take down that was like watching prime cam newton out there in the pocket yeah. avoiding defenders like it's just i know we we, may, we talked a lot about mac wilson last year and deservedly so for that play that happened but man if we were benching guys every single time that they missed a tackle on josh allen there wouldn't be defenders because well, he's thing. just so hard to yeah. bring down credit to him um i thought outside of some decisions and some accuracy issues i thought he played a really good game um yeah. He was up and down, but he did a lot to, to bring the Bills back into it. And having Mac be able to go toe toe for toe with that, like that's, I like that. And I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. The defense. We talked. We've talked about getting off to good starts. You have a long sustained drive, kick a field goal, immediate pick. Great play by Jabril Peppers, by the way, on that one. Who has again been a spark plug and been excellent. And you convert it into a touchdown. And, that's what we've been asking for from this team. Hot starts like that. If they can do that, they can play with every team in the NFL. I think if they can, you know, open the game off playing their best football, it will it happen? You know, I, I still doubt it. This is one game. But if we can play the if game all day long. Right, right, right. And that's the, like, that's really what it comes down to, right? I mean, what's it going to look like as we, as we move on? I mean, you know, I don't know. I guess that's that's becomes the question, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's just it's interesting. You know what I mean? So, at, what the hell just happened on this? Hold on, some crazy <laughs> ass play just happened on the uh, on the Miami game. Tyreek, ooh, did he fumble? 
hell just happened? Caught it. Oh, he dropped it. He must have dropped. It had to have been oh. dropped. No. But he like caught it. And then I don't know if he fumbled it or what. And then he was like chasing it in the end zone. I think no. it was a fumble though. I think it was a drop. Okay. I think it was just a drop. But he thought it was he thought it was a fumble, so they were all diving. I'm like, why are they all diving in the end oh zone? God, What's going on? But did this uh, this Patriots secondary right now? I mean, they lost Christian Gonzalez and Marcus Jones, and you add J.C. Jackson, and it's like, all right, this isn't this is not like a probably not a top three secondary in the NFL. But J.C. Jackson, I thought looked better this week than he did last week. Jack yep. Jones, I thought you know little little hit or miss, but had a pretty good day today. Jonathan Jones, no, he looks good and he looks healthier than he did last week. Miles Bryant, I think, had a little bit of a rough day today, but I mean. All things considered, it wasn't a negative out there. And then Duggar and Peppers have been awesome. Jalen Mills still playing really good ball. Adrian Phillips playing good ball. And yeah, they, you know, they they're very good at confusing teams. You know, the really the only time when the Bills got into a rhythm, um, it was when Allen was finally able to figure out some of the rotations that were happening. And it took mm -hmm. him a while because he was confused. They they went through that stretch where they kept peppering the Patriots underneath because he finally figured out what was going on. But before that, he had nothing. And if the Patriots can bring that defense to a lot of games, which you can really only do if you're playing, you know, from ahead or in a close game, you can't do right. that when you know the other team's running, then it's a defense that is going to be incredibly competitive. And they did this today without their best pass rushers, although could argue Christian Barmore is beginning to look like their best pass rusher sure, these days. There is. You get Keon White, Josh Uche back next week against a banged up Dolphins offensive line. I think Armstead, Armstead's hurt. Isaiah Wynn got hurt tonight. Their center's out tonight. We're going to see who's on that Dolphins line. But I think the front seven's figuring stuff out. The back end's figuring stuff out and has me optimistic. And yeah, I agree. big picture. I think big picture. I'm not going to get my hopes up yet. The team is two and five and has played really, what do you think about it? Like one really good game this season and that's this one they played a couple of good ones that were losses but very good this is the only one but if you're able to do something in miami next week your two games after that are washington and Indy. if you beat them because if you play like this you should be able to right you're going to be 500 at the bye week which is and you're back in it you've yep. got a shot and then you're looking at when's matt judon coming back if he's able to come back at some point in December, that would help you a ton. And I mean, obviously, we don't we don't know exactly what this is going to look like. And this could they could turn back into a pumpkin at you know one thirty next which, Sunday. Right. Yeah. But we this is what we thought this team was going to be: dynamic slot player, consistent tight ends, running back out of the backfield who's a threat, a quarterback who can dump it off and let the easy plays happen, and an opportunistic defense that was going to force some turnovers. Right, and that's and special teams. Special teams was excellent today too. The special teams was phenomenal today, like phenomenal today. Um, I oh my goodness, they were incredible. So there were two plays. There were two plays. Obviously, the punts were awesome by Barringer. The you know the punt that he that he kicked what at the two yard line or whatever to end the first at the end of the first half. Unbelievable so nice. punt, but. The two plays for me when they were returning, those were the two biggest ones for me. So the first one was a punt return, and they brought Damari Douglas all the way up. By the way, it looks like a defensive touchdown by Miami. 
Uh, they just tied the game up. So, but they brought Pop Douglas all the way up, and they brought Schooler in as an extra rusher. And so what they then had to do was they then had to say, well, okay, now we have to we have to bring our gunner in. So now the gunner comes in and Schooler can block him. Pop Douglas goes back there, and now they only got one gunner, which I thought was fantastic. I thought that was great. Um, and he ends up ripping off like a 25-yard, maybe even 30-yard return, which was awesome. Then the second one was the actually the ended up ended up being a missed field goal by Tyler Bass. And I don't know if they impacted it at all, but they brought in um was it who was it? Was it Miles Bryant? I think it was Miles Bryant on the defensive left. Miles Bryant's running in like Brandon Schooler did, right? Runs in, but he doesn't come. Schooler's on the other side, ducks under the guy, and he got in quick. And again, I don't know if it impacted Bass at all. I'm not really sure. But I don't. Yeah, I really liked the design by them to kind of yeah. get them, you know, to get everyone okay. looking that way, and then ultimately have them do that. I thought I thought that was great. Yeah, it's awesome. And having the special teams operation look like this, I think we knew there were going to be ups and downs with it this year. And yeah. this was the up with some of the rookies. And hopefully, if they can stay at this level, that would be nice. That will help you out a ton. Another thing too, like we didn't really talk about it, uh, and it kind of happened later in the week. Amir Speed got cut. Um, yes, they were trying to free up that roster spot for guys to come back, and he gets claimed by the Colts. Yeah, so yeah, annoying. But you know who filled that role? Cody, Cody Davis, Davis, who was back. Right. And you know what? I didn't hear his name called once, which is awesome when we're talking about yep. special teams yeah you know, brendan schooler had that one big tackle down the field which was sick i loved that yeah, it was awesome yeah after a yeah beautiful punt by beautiful punt by Barringer, and then he Barringer. gets down yeah. there and doesn't let the guy shake him it was great yeah so that's just those little plays and when you're able to also force the bills to slice and dice you and and to sort of dink and dunk you and not slice and dice you and go down the field in big plays th- that field position matters i mean they slowed down this game and they forced the Bills to play at their pace. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to happen. I mean, we know Josh Allen can hit one play for 50 yards, but can he put can he hit seven plays for 50 right. yards? Right. And he did it at times today, but he also got picked off in there. And that's exactly the game you're trying to play. You're betting that he can't do it over and over and over again. And he had some inaccurate throws in there. And that's what this defense is built to do. So we're going to see, I mean, I think two is a more accurate passer. We're going to see how this looks on Miami next week, but I really like what we're seeing from this defense. Um, let's, and, get, let's get the pass rushers back. <laughs> well, right, and then it's pressure, right? It's pressure. Get get pressure on the guy. You didn't even have Uche today, like you said, and it's like, you know, with the pressure up the middle, then you bring in other random guys, and what they did a really nice job of is, is just throwing guys at him, right? He didn't always get a sack. Most times you didn't get a sack, but you force him to make a throw. You force him to do something faster than he wants to. And I think that that, to me, that would be awesome. And, and by the way, you know, people are talking about tanking and stuff. And how this, the Patriots aren't tanking. They're, they weren't tanking. They're not tanking. They're never going no. to tank. And look, as much as I want to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, like at the other at the other for me at least when you're a losing franchise you're just a losing franchise you know like 
I think that that seeps into your that seeps into who you are that you're just a bunch of losers, and, and, that's, and if you just don't want yeah. that, and if also if you're bad enough to get the number one overall pick, it usually takes a bit to climb out of that hole yeah. and to go with it. Like it's you know the second you take a QB that high, a clock starts on building right. your roster, yep. and it's like look at Trevor Lawrence right now, like he's not. The Jaguars are, are good, and they're probably going to win that division. But that still kind of looks put together. Why? Because you kind of have to build a team on the fly with things you got in free agency. And I don't put it this way. Like, this one game of Mac Jones does not really in any way change my opinion that much. We saw the Mac Jones we knew we could get when yep. he was protected for an entire game. Yep. If he puts this together for the rest of the season and this becomes his new average, then we'll talk. Then exactly. we might reevaluate this. Exactly. But I think you kind of one of the things I was talking about before earlier this season is you might be in the, the Eagles Carson Wentz spot where you got a quarterback you think you can win with, but you're not sold. So you play right. him, but you draft somebody. Are you looking at outside options? Or um, we're going to see. I think that's the quarterback position, and a lot of things are still up in the air. I don't want to. We, after the Cowboys loss, we didn't shift everything and, and, and go full reactionary like some people were and say you got to fire Bill right. Belichick after that. Right. And at the same time, I don't think we should swing back all the way the other way because they won a game. This was Correct. awesome. This is what we've been waiting to see for three years of Mac Jones on this team. Right. And Same also, and it's one game. And let's, you know, if they if they go back to back here and beat Buffalo and Miami, in a lot of ways, that in some ways that makes up for the Dallas New Orleans losses right there in, in right. one go. And then, all right, yep. now we're back to kind of how we felt after week one, week two, where this is a team we think that, that can compete with the best in the NFL, and we'll see if they can do it consistently. But we got to get to that point. That part first, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and uh, OTR points out a good makes a good point. Like if they won, if they beat the Raiders last week. But you know what though? Yeah, if they beat the Raiders, it would have been great. But like, I I'm glad Max second uh, second uh, game winning, you know, fourth quarter comeback was was this game. So, and it gets but the right. 300th win for Bill against the Bills, which we can yes. talk about here after the break and the coaching situation. Exactly. But that's that's the like against this team at home uh, with guys in the house, the Hall of Famers, Karnacki and Vrabel. Like yep. that's, and if this is you know hypothetically, the best moment in the last season of Bill Belichick here in New England. I, can, I think that we can all, I can live with that. <laughs> it was, it, it was a really felt like a throwback game. And it was, and I said to my dad yeah. at the game, we were just like, we haven't had this much fun in a long time, in a mm-hmm. long time. So, and we'll see, look, Bill signed the multi-year extension. What does that mean? I don't know. Does it mean one year? Does it mean two years? Does it mean three years? Does it mean, I, I don't know. Was this contract running out at the end of the year and they, they tacked two at the end of it? Did was his contract up last season and then he signed a two year? I don't know, nobody knows, he won't talk about it ever. And I'm sure Kraft isn't going to tell you, so I don't know what that means. Does that mean he's going to be here for sure? I don't know, but you know, whatever it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. I just feel like you know, if that's the case, then you know, we'll just we'll see what happens, um, when it comes to him, but like. It's not a guarantee. It's just, it's not a guarantee. The drafting has to get better because the drafting has been bad, but the drafting has to get better. And we, you know, we say the drafting has to get better, but based on what we saw today, the Pats may have 
You know, they well, may right. have drafted the guy who's your right tackle, and they may have drafted the guy who's your starting guard, and they may have drafted the guy who might be your new wide receiver one or wide receiver two, and you're Demario Douglas. So, yeah, yeah. that can change in a hurry with breakout Very performances true. from young guys. <laughs> Very true. No, hundred percent. You're right about that. You're right about that. So, yeah. But all right, let's uh, let's get a let's break. Hit a little break, and then we'll be back. All right, talking about uh, well, finishing up the, this Bills game, which was just sweet so to beat the Bills. So good to beat the Bills. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so look, as far as Belichick moving forward, and I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions on it. We've talked about how, you know, it might be time for him to move on. We've all kind of gone back and forth on it. The big thing for me and the biggest issue that I had with with Belichick this year was that he hasn't gotten the team to play consistently well for him. They did that today. They did that today. Yeah. They didn't make stupid mistakes. Now there were obviously there's a few mistakes. There were a few mistakes every, you know, there's a, there's a few mistakes every game. The field goal one was a letdown, right? City so wasn't on the field. He should have been on the field and he wasn't. They had to burn a timeout in the second in the third quarter. But for the most part, there weren't a lot of mental mistakes. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot a ton. I just thought like you saw what you wanted to see. And again, they came out and they played their asses off against a really good team. Like the Bills, I know the Bills aren't playing great. I know they're three and three now, but like that's a good team. I'm, I don't care what anyone yeah. says. That's a good team. And so, yeah. like, and you know, you know, they hate the Patriots. You know, they hate the Patriots. And they were focused and wanted to beat the Patriots today. And the Patriots came with a really good game plan and smacked them in the mouth and played well. And, you um, know, opening kickoff. Yes, and to see that was was very, very happy, right? And Paul's over here talking about a, a curmudgeon. I don't know what you were watching yesterday, but if you haven't seen it, go back and watch uh, him at the uh, at the Hall of Fame induction yesterday. He was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yesterday told a fu- bunch of funny stories. He was funny. Then he was cracking jokes at his press conference after the game. Bro, it's it, yeah. It's a, it's a re-energized Bill Belichick, and especially if he's getting his guys to play well for him in the face of all that adversity, I think that that nothing makes him happier than that. Yeah, it's and it's nice to see. Uh, I also found it really funny that a whole bunch of people saw that clip of Belichick talking to making jokes, and were like, "Oh my god, Bill Belichick's funny." He's actually been funny the whole time. He just isn't usually funny like in the serious occasions on the job, it's always behind right. closed doors. It's like all the mic'd up stuff. He'll do stuff in any of the stories for former players 
especially the ones that were there for a while, talk about him. It's always funny. And he has this dry humor about him, too. Um, he's always been a funny guy. Listen, it's just his back and forth Len- with the media isn't usually funny. Right. Lenny Clark, who's a, a famous Boston comedian, came on this show. Now, this, this was before your time, Matt, but came on this show and talked about how before the 07 Super Bowl, he went in. When everyone was when you know when everyone was against the Patriots and everyone and was tons of pressure, he went into the locker room and uh, went into the meeting room. Sorry, and just eviscerated Bill Belichick in front of the, the in front of the players for like forty five minutes, just absolutely shit all over him, talking tons of trash and talking. About, and it was Bill's plan. Bill wanted that to happen. Like he's yeah. friends with these with these funny guys that like him because that's who he is. You know, and yeah. he doesn't show it to the media because he doesn't want to show it to the media, right? And the media, like, they're usually asking, like, tough questions, and they want to get sound bites out of him and stuff. And he's like, I'm not giving you sound bites. I don't give a shit. But if you ask him a real football question that's not about, you know, uh, what are we doing this? What are we doing that? Like, he, he'll give you a good answer. But he, he just, doesn't want to get boxed into things. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. and I'm not saying yeah. that he's the funniest guy in the world, but, like, you know, he doesn't have he's to also, be. And he's also not this egomaniac either. Like the entire hallmark of him being head coach is has always been his ability to listen to his fellow coaches and players. Right. Um, which, I mean, you could argue to a fault with some of the people he's had around him, but he's always been very willing to listen and learn. And, and you think you see his defensive game plans. He understands the modern NFL. The big critique we've had with Bill is that while he understands the modern NFL, he has been unable to acquire the players he needs to make his own offense look like that has been the big thing. And right now they look like they've, they got a little bit of juice there. So we'll see what happens um, on that front. I did think the leaking of his contract stuff was really interesting and it's, we don't know any of the context around the extension, which can change a lot of things because right. if he and Kraft, you know, agreed on an extension around the draft, then it's okay. We're, optimistic and we're giving it fake to an extension in August when the team was having issues, then it's, then it might be craft say craft and bill talking and bill saying, Hey, we got some issues with this team and craft yep. says, I'm going to stick by you through whatever this looks like. Could have been that his contract was just going to be up and you're not going to give your coach a one year contract extension. You're always going to do multiple years at a time, especially when it's bill Belichick, because I'm sure Kraft doesn't mind eating a little bit of money. If it goes south on taking a bet on the greatest coach of all time. Um, and it's also, I mean, I'd be curious to know, you know what that negotiations like, and I don't think you're doing that unless there's a shared, a shared viewpoint of what the team and what the roster looks like. And, without knowing what that shared vision is between Kraft and Bill on what the roster looks like, we can't really analyze what they might think of it now. Right. But depending on when that happens, you know, you can, we can hypothesize all we want. We heard the rumors about Bill wanting to go after Aaron Rodgers this summer. And if he's going to Kraft and saying, Hey, we're still not sure about the quarterback position. The team's going to be better this year, but we don't know how much better. And we still might need to do some stuff. And Kraft says, I see what you're talking about. We'll give you this extension. We'll let you fix it. Even if it goes south this year, that's one thing. If they come together and Kraft's like, I need you to fix this team. And Bill says, I did it. I fixed it. And then he gets the extension. And then you see what we've seen this year. It's an entirely different circumstance. Yep. And it's also, it got leaked today. And it's coming from one one of two sides. It's either Bill's side saying, hey, I'm still here. I haven't gotten fired yet. And I might yep. be here, 
or his craft side saying, hey, chill. He's going to be here. Deal with it. And we're playing football. And it, this is all, these are kind of the, the most obvious possibilities. We can speculate as to what it means if we want. That could be right. fun, but it is just speculation. We'll probably know at some point. We could know in the coming weeks or months. It might be years until somebody writes a book about it. But Yeah, well, you know, and the other part of it too for me is that like, it's it's an issue of the cohesion be- behind Kraft and Belichick, right? Like mm-hmm. that's one of those things where like, do they have a shared vision? Does Kraft want him around long term? And if he does, then that of course is a good thing, right? For him, obviously for Belichick, but he's showing him that he's like, hey, this is still your team, right? This is this is your team, but I think I think that point that you make is really good because, right? If he if he was honest with Kraft when they were having the conversation, like, hey, we still got we still got a ways to go, we still got things some things we have to figure out, and then he gets the contract extensions. Very different than saying we're going to be great this year. Don't worry about it. We're fine, right? And so that's that to me is is one of those things. And, and here's what I'll say: like, I just think. A, a great look into who Bill Belichick is as a coach is on Wednesday. They asked Mike, I wanted to play right tackle. And, and I, and I want to be clear about this. They asked Mike on to play right tackle. They didn't say, Hey Mike, our best offensive line is going to be you at right tackle. So we're moving you to right tackle. That's not what happened. They went to Mike on and they said, Hey, listen, we would like you to play at right tackle. How do you feel about that? Do you think that that would work for you? He said yes. They both agreed. He played right tackle. So it's not just we're forcing you to do this. This is what you're doing. But no, 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 no. Like, it, look, the team's going to be best if you can do this. Do you think you can do it? Because I want to put you in a position where you can where you can be as good as you possibly can. And that. That's what they did, and I think that that's that, that's a great thing. Um, and so, and just you know, I for me personally, I was really happy to see that. So, and I think that that shows what the Patriots are all about, you know. And and I I think also like there's the way it happened, but there's also how and when he played, which was much better. And you know, we got a lot of guys who are free agents after this season, but if this is the line we see the rest of the year and it plays well, then. You can bring it all back next year unless David Andrews is retiring. You have both of your guards and so in strange under contract. And Trent Brown, you know, we can keep doing that if we want. <laughs> he's not going to be that expensive and he's not a bad player. He's right. inconsistent. You're going to have to live with some ups and downs, but he's value he's he's good value because his ups are so much better than what you're paying him. Um and if I went who's the right tackle, you're gonna have to pay him if you want to keep him. But you know, I'd rather pay on when you to stay at, at right tackle than hit free agency again and try that out. Let's keep the guys we have in the building, please. And, you know, you might have all these starters. And if Demario Douglas is going to be one of your starters as a receiver next year, and let's say you want to bring back Hendrick Bourne because he's played well here, then you're in a spot where, all right, the spot you're looking to fill on your offensive line is center. And the spot you're looking to fill on your offense is an X receiver and maybe a backup tight end if you bring Hunter Henry, Farrow Brown back, like depending on they're all free agents there. So it's whoever you want to bring back and what the cost right. is going to be. And you know, this is again one game sample, but if this is what you get, 
then it's a lot easier to address these holes in free agency and the draft. And in theory, you can do what the Patriots have always done. Address yeah. it in free agency, go to the draft or the full roster, and then add on top of it. And if you want to draft your tackle, then, and figure it out once the, once you get to camp. If you want to draft yep. a receiver, and you know, I've been thinking, if there's, if there's a way for it to come together, you can sign Bourne to stay and keep DeMario Douglas, T. Higgins, and the pit in free agency. You bring him in as your ex receiver, and yep. depending on where they're drafting, you get a guy like a Malik Neighbors from LSU who's just got some real speed. And, you know, if those guys hit like you think they're going to, that's a very different roster than the one we were looking at a week ago, <laughs> seven days yep. ago, which right. makes it feel a lot better. I also just, I'm going to pull a comment here. AJ in the chat saying Kraft won't throw the checkbook at anyone, and that's the problem. We just learned this morning that apparently he threw the checkbook at Bill Belichick to get him to stay on as coach. And he also was the guy who financed the largest offensive spending spree in NFL history two years ago. Right. The issue is not whether or not they want to spend. I know we've gone back. We've gone over this a million times, Pat. They just spent on the wrong guys and they threw too much money at guys who weren't good enough. Um, right. Which well, that's Nelson that. Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, by the way, ended up being probably the two best receivers out of which that free agent. Which class. is outrageous to think about. Yeah, they could have right. signed Kenny Galladay for that money. Thank God they avoided that one. Right, right. And that's the thing. And, and look, by the way, and someone earlier had said something about Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson. And, you know, you wasted wasted money on both of those guys. And you could have signed someone. You couldn't have. I, Riley Reef got $5 million. Calvin Anderson got two years, $7 million. They got like $3 million a year. Like, Come on now. Like, you know, um, yeah. Orlando Brown got four years, $64 million deal. Like, we're not even talking. They're not even on the same planet. So, like, and it as, just is the way things it goes. are right now, they, f- they may have figured out the offensive line. And Reef may be their guard, their starting right guard when he comes back from what is now his second stint on injured reserve. We'll see what happens there. They also yeah. got Connor McDermott back in the building. And, um, I'm not saying we want to shift things up immediately again, but I can see a world where you put on Wenu back at right guard and you bring McDermott up to be a tackle for games uh, and see right. how that works. I think there's some merit to that, depending on how things go and how they view so there. But, you know, all I think the, the key thing here is getting low and Mafia out of the lineup and just getting guys who are higher caliber players, which, by the way, Vidarian Low comes in for three plays. And just destroys the vibe. So I feel, I mean, he's trying out there. I don't want to hate on one dude too much. He's but it was just so like, bad. you had a penalty, you got a turnover, and he got hurt too in that sequence, in a three play sequence. And thank, thank goodness that Trent Brown came right back in the game after that. But um, yeah, yeah, we're going to be some roster shuffling coming up again. I think Jalen Rager is out of practice squad elevations. And if they want him to keep contributing, they're going to have to free up a roster spot for him. Maybe Juju Smith-Schuster goes on injured reserve if he's still banged up. Maybe you cut Vidarian low or you know, however you want to make this work, whatever you want to do. But I think we have I think we have a best a best five on the offensive line right now, and we have a we have a best three in the skill group with best four, Ramondre, Henry, Douglas, and Bourne. And I think right. with these guys on the field, I feel a lot more confident than I did in week one. Correct. And so, uh, and by the way, AJ just pushed back about, you know, the cash, uh, about them spending money. When you said it was the largest offensive spending spree in NFL history, you meant it. They didn't, it wasn't fake money. They spent the most 
guaranteed money in a single offseason by one team ever on offense. We're not talking about maybe. No, no, no. This is this is the most guaranteed. Guaranteed means it's getting paid to them. Guaranteed money ever. Yeah, they and it's Kraft is clearly willing to throw money around. Like he's done it with the team. He just did it with the stadium. He did it with Bill Belichick. Like he's throwing right. a lot of money around right. with this team. The reason that they're low in cash spending right now is that they aren't signing guys to these big money um, signing. The cash spending usually comes from your signing bonuses. And those are typically on your longer deals, your three, four year, five year deals. Yeah. I won't be surprised if that number shoots up in a couple of months because Kyle Duggar is probably going to get a nice one of those. And Mike Onwenu, if he's playing like this, is going to get a nice one of those. And we'll see what happens with Josh Uche. If they want to keep him, he could get a nice one of those. And on top of that, they're going to hit free agency again, and they're going to give out some cash. Uh, also, they've been right up against the cap all of these years. They're spending. Um, the whole pick, picking out just cash out of all of the other noise there doesn't really mean much. It's just the ways in which you were attacking things. They're, they're spending. They're trying on this team. It's, Yeah. Yeah. So and just, they, he says they're cutting and restructuring players before they make money because the players aren't that good. They're trying to get good players and the players they think are good aren't good. That's the issue here. The reason right. that they're spending a lot, not a lot of cash is because they keep getting players who aren't good. So they don't sign them for more money and, you know, they get better players. And then that cash spending is going to go right on up to a point more. where you're going to start having issues with them spending too much money. Correct. And that's the thing. And look, if you want to sit here and complain, if the off season comes, and they let Kyle Duggar walk, and they let Josh Uche walk, and they don't restructure Matthew Judon's deal, and they don't bring Trent Brown back, and they, um, I don't know, they trade Ramondre Stevenson, let's say, instead of paying him, which I don't know if they're going to pay him anyways. But like, yeah. if they do all of those things, if that's the case, now we can start talking about them not spending money. Now we, you want to complain about that at that point? Yep. Fine. I got no problem with that. But let's wait to see what happens. Let's wait to see. Are they going to re-sign Duggar? Are they going to re-sign, you know, Josh Uche? Or are they going to re-up? Because now remember now, Judon's going to be in the situation that that Stephon Gilmore was in going into the 2021 season. So let's see what happens there. But, like, to me, I mean, look, I, I, don't, know if he sh- I don't know if they showed him on the broadcast a ton. Matthew Judon was on oh, the sideline. They showed him. He was up hyping up everybody all day long. That guy is the leader of the team. He is the leader of the team. And so that's a guy that he has to stay around. Yeah, I'd like Uche to be back too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But like, you know, it is what it is. Look, we're doing a lot of talking about moving forward. And we could talk about this Wednesday night. But Dr. Gold pointed out, right? It's a game. We won. We won. Yeah. We beat the freaking Bills at home. And the way it happened, too. I mean, I just, when was the last time as Patriots fans, we had that big ball of stress at the end of the game actually pay off? Because even that Houston comeback drive by Mac, like it wasn't, wasn't quite like this. And it was Houston and, you know, it wasn't, the stakes weren't this high. It's, you probably got to like the last time they had something like this might be like the Cam Newton Monday night game at the Jets where they drove for that game winning field goal. Like, yeah, you're even still the Jets are terrible or, in that game, but yeah, yeah, or or the Brady era. That's what we're going back right. to, and it's just 
it's nice if we don't get any if we don't get anything again for the rest of the season and it goes back to what it was and it falls apart at least we had this and i'm i'm very happy it would be the jets and the bills this year i'll take it <laughs> correct well and that's really what it comes down to right is that you look at it and just say how you can't be any more happy with this game than you are right now right the game couldn't have ended any more perfectly they don't get the two point conversion to, so they're still up 12 after the Kendrick Bourne touchdown, and you're like, oh, no. The Bills are going to score down. And I, I said to my dad, I looked at my dad, I'm like, that's huge. They're going to lose this game. Like I said, the, you know, the Bills are going to score. You know the Bills are going to score two touchdowns. You know they're going to because of the Bills. Mm -hmm. And so what happens? They score a touchdown. KB fumbles. They get the ball back. They score another touchdown. You're like, oh, my God, dude. You know, and then they get the two-point conversion. Now they're up three. Yeah. So I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> You know, if we go to overtime, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if we go to overtime, we're in trouble, right? Yeah. And for him yeah. to for him to drive them down there, and of course, you know, of course, Ramondre made a great play on the first drive on the first play of, the, of that drive to get them down there. But that throw to Hunter Henry on third down, just outside, I, I would say probably That's in huge. field goal range, but just at the end of field goal range, was a beautiful throw. Great catch by Henry, which he did multiple times, by the way. Two or three times he hit him on that long crossing over that he had to kind of he had to put a little bit of air under because he had to get it over the guy. Um, you know, and so you had to, you had that it had to be done. He knew he was gonna take the shot, he did it anyways. And, and for them to win in that way, man, it was it was incredible. And I mean, Mac made some nice throws that Henry won and that that Pop Douglas won, kind of getting them down into the low red zone at points was huge because those are those high traffic areas where Mac has really struggled. Um, and those, those are just the areas where he's gotten into trouble, missing underneath defenders or thrown into tight windows. And that player was creating windows that were, went from small to medium and Mac able to hit that in stride. And by the way, the Eagles are, and they, they, go ahead. Oh, they got it. Oh my God. The Eagles, they went for up, fourth seven, down, up seven in their own territory with 10 minutes left at their own 26 yard line. Just went for it in a fourth and one. I love it. And of course, snuck it and 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 got it. But like at the twenty six yard line, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. But I just, um, yeah, it was it was some nice plays from Mac, and the execution in the red zone was yep. really good. And I think you know one of the complaints we've talked about for this offense for a while is uh, somebody put it to me earlier today. They don't even take the car out of the garage at points. They're so scared that they're going to get a ding on it and that something's going to happen that they don't want yeah. to use it. Yep. And you know, before the half, they were going for it, trying to at least get in a field goal range or at least get that score. And yeah. they didn't, but they, they went for it. And then that two-minute drive at the end, they could have gotten real conservative in the red zone and just played for the field goal and played for overtime because you're afraid you're going to throw a pick, and they didn't, and it paid off. <clears throat> and right. they executed really well. I mean, Mike Kosicki has been up and down here in New England. But plays like that are what you got him for. He's a really good red zone weapon. And you know, he's just spread guys out, give Mac easy matchups in that spot. I think this team is going to be very hard to defend in the red zone, which, by the way, I don't. I have to send this to you, Pat. I don't know if you read it, but um, Nate Tice, who writes for Yahoo and yep. is on the Athletic Football Pod, awesome stuff. He wrote an article earlier this week talking about how NFL offenses right now are at some of their worst numbers in over a decade right now in their ability to produce. They're attempting here. Here's one for you, Pat. NFL teams are attempting more field goals than they have since 1973. You want to know why really? that number is significant? 
It's the last year that the that the goalposts were at the front of the end zone. <laughs> what? Yeah, so teams are teams are having a really hard time getting to the red zone, and when they get there, they're just stalling out this year. Only barely half of red zone possessions end in a touchdown this year. And the Patriots, yeah. against you know a good defense there, are able to not just get into the red zone to, to, to have an attempt to tie the game. They finish. They execute, which is something teams aren't doing and that this personnel group was built for. You know what I was like? That's Devontae Parker for all his issues. You get in, you get to the one-yard line and you have to throw the ball. That's the area where I might trust him and I'll throw a ball up. Gesicki is that way. And Douglas is a guy who's quick enough that he's very useful down there. And right. It was nice to see that investment strategy on offense to be much better in the red zone pay off in dividends in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So it's, um, man, they just, they just to get the win. I, like, I just, I can't get over and Dr. Bugold says never trust Parker. I, I agree. I agree. But, um, to win this game the way they want it. And really for me to, to come out of it, looking, saying, hey, we're in this situation. We all know what it looks like. We all know how we've played the first six games of the season. And to come at it and say, we don't care. We're still going to come out there and play hard and, and of course, end up getting the win. It's great. It's great. I, I just, you know, I feel so happy it's for so them. Nice. I'm happy for everyone. And it was great. It was awesome to see. It was just awesome to see. And look, you know, are there other things that I want to see get involved? Do I want to see Devon, um, Tyquan Thornton play a little bit more? I do. I, I want to see one, one catch for two more. yards. They like give him that pop pass early in the game. Right, right. I was so, I was surprised to see Jalen Rager getting as much time as he did over Tyquan Thornton. Yep. And, and so, you know, maybe it's just health. Maybe they don't trust. I don't know, you know, but whatever, right? So, yeah, okay, I want to see, you know, I want to see Thornton play a little bit more. And I want to, you know, see a little bit more out of the offense. As we kind of go, I thought they were creative today, which they really hadn't been, which I'd like to see. And so, you, you know, but again, you beat the Bills at home on a last second. I mean, it's the third time in the last 30 years that the Patriots have thrown a touchdown pass in the last 15 seconds. And Brady went to that once. The Campbell Tompkins one. There was the old Ben Coates oh, one in 98. I don't know. Were you even a lot? What year were you born, Matt? You must have been alive. Ninety-eight. Oh my God. Okay. I would so, have technically been alive for that one, but no memories. <laughs> so that game is one of my favorite games of all somewhere time. In a crib. It was a wild comeback by the Patriots. They were driving down to try to score and win the game. They threw a pass into the end zone. And I forget. I don't know who was going to. I don't know if it was going to Glenn or um or who. It doesn't matter. It was going to someone, and he got interfered with. In the end zone, and so the Patriots ran oh, the a. Colts? Was it no, no, no. The Colts. No, it wasn't Bills? the Colts. It was against the Bills, and the Patriots. Yep, ran I know this. I know this game. play and threw a touchdown pass to Mengo's. And, and so the Bills good. were so mad they didn't send the people out there, so Vinatieri got a two point conversion. Yes. Right? Yep. Yes. yes. Correct. Oh, yeah, I know it was that fantastic. game. Yep. It was I know so good. One. Yeah. So, yeah. so that one, that and that was the you know, those are the three times it's happened in the last thirty years, and so just. Just to see them do something like that, it was great. It was great. And so, and, yeah. you know. Yeah. You also, an, an underrated thing that I kind of liked here, which somebody pointed out after, and I wish I could give credit. Was it Mike Cadlick or, or Alex Barth? I think Alex Barth had it. 
Gasicki catching that pass in the same end zone in the same spot on the field mm-hmm. as the 2019 game, which didn't mark the end of the Brady era, but in a lot of ways marked the end of the Brady era yeah. into that 2019 regular season. And feels like we got a lot of monkeys off our back with this one. You, yep. know, you know, you get a little revenge for that game and you get Max first big, big moment. Uh, this was Max best game bar none. We include the contact and everything. This is the best. This is the best game in the post Brady era. Two weeks after the worst game in the post Brady era. So I don't know. We're we're really we're going back and forth here. I don't know what to to take from it, but I'll enjoy it while we're while we're doing. Yeah, and I think too, like the big thing for me is that I just think people we're so spoiled. We're so spoiled here. Right. And, and I get it. I understand. Like you don't know anything else, Matt, for God's sakes, Matt, you are on this podcast, grad have graduated college. You're talking about the Patriots. You were born in 1998. (laughs) Like you were three years old when they won their first Super Bowl. So like, of course we're spoiled. And so like, you know, I get it. I saw two guys with paper bags on their face today. Like, what? Oh, are we that's doing, dude? Like, we're, we're not. This is the type we're of thing. Like, we're, we're just we're not the we're not the saints. Like, with well, the, that's what I mean. That like, old stuff. You know, and what? There's someone. There's guys out there that are 33 years old that have never seen it. That haven't been alive for a Detroit Lions playoff win. Alive versus versus 33 year old Patriots fans don't remember a, t- a team being bad. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like it, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So that that's yeah. the type of stuff for me. And look, I'm only th- I'm 39. Like, but I have a hard time remembering those days. I was born in 1984. Fine, like they weren't great then in they the still 80s. They had a Super Bowl appearance when you but were they had a kid. Super Bowl appearance in the in the in the 80s when I was one. Then they had another one in '96 when I was 12. You know what I mean? Like so. They were still pretty good at that time, you know. And then five years later, they win the first Super Bowl, and then so on and so on. It, it's just like yeah. that's the yeah. other stuff e- for me, you know. Eagles we'll try to keep it up as the way. Yeah, you know. Side so. note: another uh, another random note here. House cleaning yes. before we wrap up, because uh, I just saw Andrew Callahan tweeted this, and it was something I'd noticed live. I think Bill Belichick may have had his favorite defensive snap ever from a personnel perspective today <laughs> on that oh, last hail yes. mary this is his dream it's basically all safeties on the so field good because you get the only two guys on the line of scrimmage are mac wilson and marty mapu those are your defensive ends for that play. there's no defensive tackle and you get matthew slater and brendan schooler on the field brendan schooler's first ever defensive snap and it's just like i love that and there's a nice little, you know, getting over the 2018 Miami game in there. You have a nice call in there for when the team might lateral. You should put all the defensive backs out there. And yep. Uh, Buffalo play never stood a chance. You're fast and not just fast. It's good tacklers. This is Correct. one of the benefits of having special teams units as good as what the Patriots have. If you're a special teamer, you're really good at tackling in the open field and you have fast guys who can take on blocks. Super right. useful for an end of game scenario like that. And you know what? It's, it's a little thing, and it's a low probability play from the Bills, but it's nice to have something specific called up for that that makes you go, okay, the coaches are prepared, they know what's going on, yes. and they it got was cool. It was so cool to see, to see Slater and Schooler out there. It was so cool. I was like, this is great. And what's funny about it is that J.C. Jackson was on the field, and I said to my dad, I'm like, we just can't have another miracle in Miami. And I said, you know what? Interestingly enough, J.C. Jackson's back. That, that play was J.C. Jackson's fault. He made a he made a bad play. Um, yeah, and so you know whatever. Yeah. I don't want to go back there, yeah. but but you know that's that's the um, 
it's just it's really interesting. So um, yeah. I yeah. I loved it. I loved it, and you're totally right. Like that Rebelajack is just like man. It's it's you so, know he's loving it. He's oh, he's looking all around like wait, where's Jordan Richards? Can I put him on the field? Like, <laughs> oh, God, dude, but that you know that that's his dream of having like. 11 safeties on defense that's yeah. that's his ideal football world right um, right and that's and he's yeah, building that he's building that. i love it by the way you mentioned jc jackson looking ahead here you want to know something funny if you play miami and your number one corner is going to be jonathan jones who missed yep. the game earlier this year yep and presumably your number two corner is going to be jack jones who missed their game earlier this year and miles Bryant will play he played in the early one yeah we get JC Jackson, who's going to play. And he already played Miami this year, so you you do get a guy who has experience yeah. against them. He picked, he picked, he had some really bad plays oh, yeah, in Week One, yeah. but he picked Tua in that one too. He got a red zone pick in that game. Right. And Miami is getting beat down a little bit here by Philly, and they seem to be struggling against some of these physical teams. And they're also banged up right now. They're missing three guys on the offensive line, I believe. Jalen Waddle is hurt. Xavier Howard's out. Jalen Ramsey's still not back. Jalen uh Jalen Waddle was hurt, but he is back. He he's back, back in the game. Yeah, he's back in the okay. game. So Playing I think he was it. having back spasms or something like that. And he's just something he's fighting like through. He it, looked so. like he was in pain. He looked like but you know what? Really you're getting you're getting a Miami team here that clearly has some weaknesses. And yep. I think you put some stuff together against them defensively at the end of the last game in that second right. half that seemed to work. And you know what? Never know. You never know. This game is this game is there. We're gonna see who shows up and we're gonna see if we get the same team. But Somehow, there's a sense of, there's there's a pulse. Yeah, agreed. This one, <laughs> and if we win next around. week, there's a heartbeat. Yep, this one tickled my funny bone here with the uh, the way Bill Torrell's practice was so reminds me of Bruce Lee with nunchucks. <laughs> I love it, I love it. And thank you, Paul. I appreciate the, the kind words there. Um, you know, and look, Ashen just said it. Just happy we're finally finally being a good team again. I mean, like it's, it's great. So nice. It's good to see. It was a fun game. It was one of those games that makes you happy to be a Patriots fan again. It makes you believe in everything again. Look, the Patriots aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. They're not going to be a great team. You know, it's not going to be like they're not going to make this crazy turnaround and finish, you know, 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. But like, you look at it, you look at this team and you say, hey, at least they showed up. And now all of a sudden they're playing like competent football. They look like a freaking professional football team. And for a few weeks, they didn't. And so now they're back to doing that. And when you do that and you have coaches that can scheme things up, which the Patriots do, that to me is great. It allows you to play with everyone. And that's what – it gives you a chance in every game. So, you know, we'll see. And it's – I'm going to reference something I referenced a couple weeks ago too to friend of the pod, Dave Archibald, which – Side note, that is his book on the shelf, The Inches We Need. Go oh, buy it. Look at that. Um, he had sent me a little stat a couple weeks ago. He did some research about teams who had back-to-back losses of 30 points or more. And there were a surprising number of teams that made the playoffs on that list. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's going to happen to the Patriots, but I think one of the things we lose sight of in football sometimes is that the game is so situational that things have a tendency to snowball, and not every final score is reflective of exactly how good the team is. And while the Patriots not may, may not actually be as good as the team we saw on the field today, they're also probably not as bad as the team we saw on the field in Dallas and against right. New Orleans. Yep. So we'll we'll see. And it's you know it's there's still issues with this team. There's plenty of issues with this team, and we're going to be talking about it all season long. We'll be right. here. So make sure you're tuning in. But 
this is refreshing because maybe it is just kind of a two game blip and a bad loss to the Raiders. But other than that, you know, it's, we've seen them play well against good teams and there's a lot of season left and we'll see what happens. Somebody else had pointed out the tweet that the last three seasons, a team that was two and five has made the playoffs. Not saying it'll be the Patriots, like everyone in five team won today. The Patriots with this win actually didn't lose ground in the draft. If that's what you're worried about, they have the same yeah. draft pick on Tankathon that they did a week ago, despite all of this. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm pretty happy right now. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I, I don't know how you walk away from this game feeling anything other than happy, right? Again, I'm not suddenly saying, oh, the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl or the Patriots are going to be in the playoffs this year or that we like, or, oh, Mac Jones is the guy. I'm like, no, I'm not walking away from this game thinking that, but like, let's just enjoy it. Let's revel in the victory. Let's revel in the fact that the Patriots had played a tough opponent, gave them everything they possibly could. And pulled out the victory at the end of the game. Like that's just yeah. it. It's so nice. good to see, man. Like that's that to me. That's one of those things where like you can't put a price tag on that. And and Ashton pointed out, uh, Anthony Jennings looked awesome. Looked awesome oh, he today. Awesome, man. He's he's been Yeah, and Barmore was was a beast for the second week in a row. Was, was an absolute monster today. And that was a comment I had kind of made on Twitter at some point too. Like this team is down its corner one and down all of its edge guys, and they're still finding ways to be productive on defense. Yep. And for all the criticism and very, you know, very accurate criticisms of Phil Belichick's drafting, he's been nailing it on defense. They've had waves of players. I mean, Anthony Jennings was a guy we kind of thought was dead yeah. <laughs> yeah. two years ago, and he's bounced back and become a very uh, a, a key player for this defense now with guys injured. And, Barmore finally breaking out. He looks really good. I mean, just the, the Christian and Christian core right now. Barmore yeah. and Gonzalez alone is a really good young core for a defense because you have interior pass rush and a lockdown corner one. Not saying it's Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but that's that's how the Rams build that defense to help them win the Super Bowl. You get two key guys who can be elite at that, those two positions. We'll see if they are actually elite. That's another step up from what we've seen. But if you get guys who are elite at those two positions, it makes filling out everything else a ton easier. And if you got a defense that's consistently that good, easier on the offense. Like we've right. been trying to build this for a little bit now. Yep, 100%. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what they do with the deadline. There was a question about the deadline. I, maybe we'll get into that further on down the line. But like, Well, let's do that Wednesday night because I think yeah, we'll get a little yeah. bit more clarity between now and then. And we'll probably get some reports on what the team wants to do. Right, right. And there will be some – I mean, there will be some fascinating things. I don't know – if you guys mentioned old man mob and Ashton mentioning uh, trading Ushay, possibility, but we'll see. Well, it, it just got to get healthy first. That's a part of this too. Yes, it's hard to trade him when he's injured. Correct. And the other part of it too is that: Do you see a future for that guy? Do you see him in your future plans? And if you don't, then the time to move on. Get something for him, right? So that's that's the way I look at it. So we'll see. But anyways, all right, we'll get into all that. We've been here for seventy five minutes, so let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Thanks for coming uh, through, guys. I appreciate it. Oh, before we do, we Hello, got a few folks. things. We have a few things we got to talk about. Number one, you got a little, we got a little, uh, a little plug here, Matt. What do you think? Oh, is this my dad's thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not not quite live yet, but uh, my well, dad is lunch. Yeah, it's coming up soon. We'll have something when it's actually live. But my dad, uh, oh, sorry, he makes 
he makes chili and he has a spice rub for the meat that we discovered is good on absolutely everything. So he is <laughs> starting to sell it and he's going to be launching his website sometime in the coming weeks here. So once it's live, we'll probably throw a link in the description if you guys want to check it out. It is amazing. We use it for chili. I love it on burgers. My grandfather uses it on fish when he grills them. Um, right. Yeah, you can use it on everything. So uh, well, everybody go check that out if you're looking to up your, your grill game. There you go. And yeah, we'll have to we'll have to we'll plug it once it's out, once it has a name and has a website and everything like I got, that. I got we'll hat know. and everything with it. So it's called Papa Bear Spice Rub. <laughs> oh, it's great. You got a hat and everything too? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, I got a hat. I'll, I'll throw that on for the next spot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a good name too. It's a good name. Um, and someone asked about someone asked about, I think it was uh Gary Sauerbutz asked about if anyone was going to, to Germany. And I am not going to Germany, but my parents are going to Germany. Matter of fact, they're leaving next Sunday. And they're doing London, Paris. They're going to Normandy. They're going to Munich. I love it. And then they're going to Frankfurt for the game. So uh, and, and taking you, one hell of a trip. I love it. Hey, if you guys keep liking and commenting, subscribing, listening to our show, recommending it to people, then you can help us fund our trip the next time that they go. Hey, international like there. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? No, uh, that'd be fun. So. But yes. Yeah, so, anyways, thanks. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Wednesday night, we'll be back with our weekly show uh, talking about the Miami Dolphins who lost today to uh, – or lost tonight, I guess, to the Philadelphia Eagles and are now 5-2. and two. And, you know, you know, you never know. You never know. I know it's crazy to think that they could win that game, but I thought it was crazy to think they could win this game, and they did. So you never know what can happen new, on any given Sunday. We'll see what happens. Whole new outlook here, Pat. And right. then other sports, what I think Celtics start the season this Wednesday, if I'm not Celtics mistaken. Celtics start Wednesday night. Yep. And yeah. the uh the bees are playing, right? The bees are playing anyway. So it's I think, just, I you think know. Uh, Matt I think Matt Potras might have two goals right now for the Bruins tonight. I think you're right. He's, I know he scored his first career goal already. Maybe he scored a second Earlier. one too. Um, yeah, Pot- asked, I am not coming to Buffalo when the Patriots go, but I will be to, uh, I will be going to Buffalo at some point for sure. Um, we gotta that that'd be a fun little podcast trip for the two of us to go up there. Maybe uh maybe meet up with some of the Buffalo guys. That'd be a real fun. That'd be a really fun trip. So <laughs> um probably not this year, but maybe next year. So hey, keep liking, commenting, subscribing, and then you guys can help us out with this. Yeah, see, there you go. Yep, yep. So but all right, guys, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, and we'll talk to you Wednesday night. Go Pats. What a win. Bills. Oh, Bills yes. week. A Bills win? Oh, my goodness. Bills. Bill, Bill wins against the Bills. Love it. Love it.